Welcome to the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup, being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. I'm Susan Littlefield. If you have ever wanted to know the ins and outs of the cattle market, this is an episode you are not going to want to miss. We're going to talk about what's been happening, not only on the cattle side, but we're going to look at some grain sides as well as we get ready to head into a new week and we start to make that downhill slide towards the end of the year. We've got a lot more coming up on today's episode. It may be small, but this little bean fuels a lot of power. It powers a food industry as a top source of protein. It's a fuel that powers diesel engines with fewer emissions. It powers a state economy and bottom lines. And it powers the rest of the world as a top Nebraska export. Yeah, it may be small, but we're finding more ways for this little bean to power Nebraska. Well, welcome back. As you can see, joining me, Brad Coima. He's with Coima, Coima and Varlick out of Sioux Center, Iowa, and Kyle Bumstead with Alan Dale, who is in the hills, the sand hills, that is, of Nebraska. And gentlemen, a great day to talk about cattle. I say that tongue in cheek because we definitely saw a struggle in the market today. If we kind of rewind to what we saw on Wednesday when Brad and I talked last, it was, it was nice to see some higher numbers in this market. And Brad, I'm going to start with you having said that. Uh, definite struggle bus type of trade today. Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, I, I'd be the first to admit that there's plenty of days where I look back on it and I have to be honest and say, well, I really did not see this one coming. I, um, I would not have been at all surprised today to have been a little bit lower, um, uh, you know, emphasis on a little bit, not this dollar seventy seven lower like we were. Um, but yeah, it happens. Uh, there, there are plenty of times where I don't necessarily completely pretend to understand um, the whole marketplace. I, I'm not sure that a little bit of today maybe wasn't, you know, maybe the rubber band was stretched a little bit yesterday. You know, we, we started out feeling good about ourselves. You know, CPI was lower than expected, had the feel good rally in the stock market. Futures rallied a dollar and a half, at least on the Decembers. And, and so maybe, you know, that, that, allowed that first break here today to come back a little bit easier than one would have expected otherwise. But uh, yeah, heavy pressure, particularly in the front end of the market, no question about it. Kyle, what about for you as you look at the markets and the, and the way it traded this week for these cattle? Well, I, I would have to agree. You know, we started out the week early, early on the high note. And then like once we started the sell button, we started to develop some technical sell pressure. And by technical sell pressure, I mean, once we've hit some key moving averages, it just seemed like we hit the stops and there were some sell stops waiting underneath the market. But what stuck out to me is uh, before we started this week, uh, the, the complex as a whole, both uh, live cattle to a lesser extent, feeder cattle had seen a, a sizable increase in the open interest like we'd seen before uh, uh, the Goldman Sachs rolls here uh, previously this year, where the open interest just balloons going into this uh, uh, roll time frame and then seems to just be drained out once we get into the roll. But we haven't really seen the open interest decrease that much like we have in past roll time frames. So it's a little bit, I don't really know what to make of that action. I was looking for a little bit more open interest to be leaking out of this complex here while we were, while we're in the process of leaving the December contract, moving out to the thirds. But what stuck out to me today uh, was really the amount of spread pressure that we saw here, like Feb losing to April by 22 cents and the April losing to June by 75. That's a little bit of a concern here going into this next uh, round of made up USDA numbers. They'll release here a week from today on this cattle and feed report coming up, but we are somewhat uh, going along with the seasonal right now, as far as the February live cattle, where we do tend to slide here into about that third week of uh, November before we try and catch this market. 
All right, let's talk about that quick and then we'll jump into Brad. So we do have a Catalan Food Report a week from Friday. Having said that, a lot of positioning, is that going to make for some interesting trade come Monday? What are you thinking, Kyle? It could. It, 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 uh, it wouldn't surprise me if we start out lower here on Monday. And, and like I've always said, if we start out, I'd, I'd rather a market start out lower on a Monday. That way we've got something to try to, you know, at least try to bring it back here by the, by the close here, uh, by, the, by the following Friday. But, um, you know, we've kind of got all the procurement done for the holidays here as far as box beef goes. And uh, if we use today's number here at midday, we're down about $4.20 on that choice here for the week. So box beef has slipped a little bit, but that seasonal, uh, there is a seasonal sell that does come up here in that February contract here shortly after Thanksgiving. So the, the tendency of the seasonal right now is for us to slide down into uh, Thanksgiving or the week of Thanksgiving. Then we typically catch and, and uh, you know, start to work higher for a short period of time into that first week of December, first 10 days of December. Um, but I also think, uh, that, uh, you know, looking at the outside markets, too, there's been a lot of emphasis on this cattle complex. Well, we're a week out, Brad, from this report, and I, I saw you chuckle a little bit in the background. Well, I appreciated uh, uh, Kyle's um, terms of endearment that he has for the USDA. Uh, and um, let's add the grain reports to that while we're at it. Let's have a report come out at 11 o'clock. Let's have data that's about this long. And then let's sit here and with our thumb up our nose, waiting to see what the data actually is, whether the market is up eight or 10 or 12. Whoever thought that was a great idea. Sorry. Uh, anyway, um, I appreciate Kyle's uh, uh, comment about the seasonals. And, and um, here's a shameless plug for my birthday uh, because it's an easy way to remember that seasonal that he's talking about. So um, I've got a brother that's birthday is April 23. It's one of the oldest seasonals in the book. That's when you buy August feeders, right? April 30, April 23. Um, doesn't always work. It's a seasonal. Um, my birthday is December 15. And my mental note is always to make, if you're bullish, that maybe a week or so ahead of my birthday, you kind of want to have your stuff in place. Um, so, you know, that, that break into the end of November and the first part of December um, wouldn't be the first time. And I don't know if Kyle would agree or not, but this last couple of years with these uh, black swan events, it's been a little tough to, to hustle up a seasonal that's been very reliable. But, you know, maybe we're finally getting back to a little more of a, a normal structured market where, you know, I, I believe that we are as current as we've been in a couple of years, you know, so we don't have that backlog or inability to get cattle dead or moved or whatever. So, you know, maybe we're in a little more... Um, normal place if you can say that anymore with the way the marketplace has been so uh crypto you talked about that brad as we were getting ready to do this program and and the struggles that it had what weight has that put on the markets this week i gotta be honest i, I was kind of struggling for a reason why we, with the cash market as good as it was here right up until the bell here today where there there was bids uh, actually higher we actually were bid 155 here believe it or not right up into the close on the right kind, uh, black high choice, you know, prime kind of cattle. But, um, you know, so you start to kind of search and, and you know, I, I, I was hearing a little bit of feedback from some of the other traders that, you know, perhaps it was this uncertainty that was created by this, what looks to be a, a, a bust in this uh, whole crypto thing where one big outfit declared bankruptcy, right? And, and, and under liquidation, um, you know, what does that have to do with cattle? Yeah, I'd say I'd agree nothing except that whenever you throw this um, feeling of uncertainty, uh, it seems like the long speculator disappears and he seems like he takes the cattle with that the first thing, you know, where that they go, well, you know, if everybody starts to worry about it, then maybe we won't get have a ribeye or something. I, I, If that was part of the market today, I would like to think that by Monday morning, we'll probably have hopefully put that back in our in our memory bank and, and, and maybe we'll be stabilized by then. So but yeah, tough day today. Uh, we didn't close very well at all.
Well, as we continue here with the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup, Kyle, we kind of started polar opposite with, with the grain complex, and it was some lower numbers to start out the week, finish the Friday on a higher note. Well, that's right, Susan. And and uh, I think early on this week here, we did see some non-commercial, some fund liquidation, especially in the corn complex. Uh, you know, wheat the last couple of weeks has really been taking it on the chin here, but corn uh, corn took it really uh, hard this week too. And there was a market there uh, that did see a lot of technical non-commercial selling. And I think some of that money, um, as we got through the Fed announcement, we'll get towards the end of the year. And you know, talking about seasonals and cattle, there is some seasonals here in the equity markets where we tend to drift higher going into the end of the year. So it does not surprise me that some of that uh, money could potentially be coming off the table here in the grain complex, especially corn, moving over into those equities, thinking we could be seeing some rally here in this equity complex, especially if they don't raise interest rates. But uh, who knows what the Fed's going to do with interest rates. They're doing such a great job at it anyway right now. But uh, we, we did see some support here come into the crude oil and things like that as we've seen some lockdowns potentially lifted here in China. And uh, that, I think, kind of helped uh, maybe hold us in support here uh, in the corn market. But looking around nation nationwide here, our national cash basis on corn is just on fire. When you look at that weighted average, where I think seven cents over, whereas a year ago, the five-year high for this week was 13, uh, 13 and a half cents under. So our national cash corn basis is just crazy high. And the spreads, they, they're not indicative of any carry. So it's not telling us to be storing any grain or as far as corn right now. It's not telling us to store corn. It's saying that the market wants our corn right now off the combine. And as we wrap up the harvest, there's still some guys that are trying to decide, do I just leave it in my bins at home or take it to town? Well, that's a that's a good question. I mean, that's something that everybody's going to have to answer on their own, whether that's, uh, you know, looking at their books and, and uh, seeing where they're at or if they're looking for some basis appreciation in their area. If they're in a heavy livestock area, I'd be, you know, probably locking the bin doors up here if they're thinking there's going to be some basis appreciation. But there's going to be some grain probably move here right around the first of the year. There always is for uh, cash flow purposes. Well, Brad, the, the discussion with uh, China and what's happening with their lockdown, how's that weighing in on our soybean trade and just the markets in general at this point? I think that, you know, it, it seemed to be a little inconsistent through our whole marketplace here today. But, you know, I, I certainly thought that, uh, well, first of all, you know, any kind of language you get out of China, Susan, you have to take uh, with a large amount of a degree of, uh, of salt, in my opinion, that they are great at telling us what we want to hear. So, you know, this, and as I tried to, I read through that announcement really closely, it, boy, it doesn't look a lot different than what they've been doing, this zero tolerance thing. But yeah, it seems like they've eased it a little. I certainly was hearing that feedback as a reason why the beans are, you know, stronger today. So then I go like, well, then what's wrong with the hogs? Uh, you know, the hogs should have been a beneficiary of that today, too. So I'm, I'm not sure how well that played, but certainly it seemed like that was part of the bean story today. I, uh, I, I can appreciate Kyle's comment on the basis because, you know, it happened right here in my backyard. We're in northwest Iowa, heavy corn.